The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check. Oh, holy hell. We got a loaded show today. Had an entire episode done and then you know what happened? Draymond Green decided he was going to fuck shit up. Give somebody up in the chokehold. Made it all about himself again. So he pushed it until today. Vein is popping in the middle of the head. Just wait, folks, until we get our social clips up. I also have things to say about a team that I think just might be destined for disaster. A team that's very similar to the star players' last team. We got to talk about the Phoenix Suns. I get also into who is hot and who is cold right now in the NBA. Kent, in terms of cold, an entire team minus one guy who's actually just in his pajamas, sitting on the sidelines, currently living in a freezer. I ask sincerely. What the fuck is happening with the Washington Wizards? And we touch on some news from around the league. Let's get right into it, William. Drop that motherfucking beat. You should be Rihanna. show let's break down a little breaking news coming out of the isp yes it's got an acronym that's what adam silver wanted so that's what we give him the end season tournament folk for those who don't know steph curry was ruled out of the minnesota timberwolves game which meant that the warriors would be playing their ist game without the guy who has led the team in literally every way this year and shit hit the fan fast oh boy just after tip-off, this is what happened. Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels got into a down-the-court scuffle. Little little something-something. It wasn't quite a fight, but it was not quite not a fight. And then Wolves center, uh, Rudy Gobert, comes up and he's like, yo, 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 yo. So he tries to pull Clay Thompson off of Jaden McDaniels. And at this point, what would you do if you were Draymond Green the most predictable thing on the planet, right? Watch this. My God, that's Draymond Green. Oh, man, yes. Draymond Green. 
like the WWE superstar that he is in Royal Rumble, he decided he was going to put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold for many seconds. That was the part. He did not let up. It wasn't like as soon as things got a little more cooled down that he decided he would uh, let him go. No, no. He did what he thought was right, which was to just drag him across the floor. All hell broke loose. Benches cleared. Refs went crazy. Adam Silver cackled, knowing the, the intensity is uh, additional for the IST. That's what we want, a little passion. A little scuffle never hurt nobody. And eventually they got Draymond to relax. And then, of course, he gets booted from the game. Clay Thompson gets booted from the game. And then the Warriors went crazy, as they do, you know? It's one of those dead cat bounce type of moments where you're like, oh, God, this is the time where the Warriors actually beat the Wolves, that are number one in defensive rating. And, and no, 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 no. The Wolves that we have been knowing were wet paper tissues. They actually have turned into some hard rocks. Why? Because Anthony Edwards exists and the defense is really good. So the Wolves come from behind and they leave the Warriors at 500 from the year. Nine and one, you will not be. After the game though, Rudy, 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 he said the following. He did two things. He said, which is why he has a reputation for being a, a little bitch. He said, Draymond was grabbing me. He's grabbing me. Oh, mon frere, he's grabbing me. The choke wasn't good enough. Yeah, it wasn't enough for me to really have to go to sleep, but he tried. He tried really hard, but it wasn't good enough where I felt like I was really in danger of falling asleep. It was a long time, and if he knew how to choke, it could have been way worse. Rudy, shut the fuck up. And I kept my hands up the entire time to show the officials I wasn't trying to escalate the situation. Why, how does Rudy do this? How does he make something so one-sided feel like actually maybe you deserved it, Rudy? I don't know how it's possible, but there may be no more unlikable man on the planet than Rudy Gobert, which is why when given the opportunity, Draymond said, let's do it for everyone in the pandemic. Let's do it for everyone who had to sit in their house and not get access to a court because Rudy Gobert gave the NBA COVID. But then... Rudy redeems himself, says something that kind of made me sort of kind of like him again. He said, it's kind of funny because before the game, I was telling myself, well, Steph's not playing. And I know Draymond's going to try and get himself ejected. Because every time Steph doesn't play, he doesn't want to play. Sir, perfect. He called him an expensive backpack for 30 to his face. You should have just stuck with that, my guy. Uh, because that's along the same lines as Jordan Poole who got himself knocked the fuck out for saying something quite similar. Rudy ended it by saying it was clown behavior. Uh, of course, it was clown behavior. I am sure that we will all have opinions about Draymond Green again. He's getting suspended. Let's be honest. He really is. He can't stay out of his own way. Joe Dumars came out. Adam Silver came out. There's going to be an investigation. There's going to be interviews. What else do you need to interview anyone about? We all saw it. That's the end. Draymond Green, probably three-game suspension. And once again, the Warriors, who are struggling badly, will have to play as many as 10 games without a key piece, Draymond, and maybe Steph, at a time when they look fucking terrible. Yet again, Draymond Green might just fuck up another year of Steph's prime with his shenanigans. Let's move forward. We got to talk about these Phoenix Suns. I am fired up. I don't even know what to make of them, honestly. Deep down in the recesses where I put those thoughts that maybe kind of shouldn't be said out loud. All I've been thinking is, are the Phoenix Suns the Brooklyn Nets of the West? 
are they Brooklyn Nets 2.0? Are they the Brooklyn Nets with better roads? Just three years ago, I was stumping for the Suns. Suns in four. Everybody remembers. Everybody remembers. And uh, I regret it. Look at this mess in Phoenix, and I'm like, yeah, been there, done that. This team's not a contender. The Suns are currently four and six, but that is not telling the whole story. What we might be witnessing is the circle of history coming back like Ouroboros, the snake that eats its own tail. And the question that I have is how did anyone not see this coming? How did they not see it? Big three comes together in spectacular, unlikely fashion. And guess what? And guess what? And guess what? They can't stay healthy. They can't play games together. Let's take a look at how the first 10 games of the season have gone. In the preseason preview I talked about with the Suns, what I liked about them, which is despite the fact that they traded away pretty much all their assets, you know, they got some depth. They did add some. They ended up getting Utah Watanabe, Eric Gordon. They were in the linchpin of the Damian Lillard trade. They landed them Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, and Grayson Allen. But I said it, and I meant it. This whole thing only works if Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant are all healthy playing basketball games at critical moment. And here we are, like clockwork. They are banged up again. We are not even 10 games through this thing. Bradley Beal has missed seven of the 10 games. Devin Booker, surprisingly, has missed eight of the 10 games, which leaves... 36-year-old injury-prone Kevin Durant to shoulder the burden 36 minutes per game, oftentimes single-handedly carrying the offense against double and triple teams. Folks, we should be concerned. Also, we should also pause and just give a little moment for Kevin Durant at 36 years old, still balling. And people are slandering his name, saying he's washed. He is not. Everyone has talked about Steph. Everyone has talked about LeBron how they are defying their age and how amazing it is and impressive it is. But neither are facing what Kevin Durant, a 36-year-old, 35-year-old, is doing on a night-to-night basis. And all he's done so far is average 37-5 and on 50% from the field and 43, 43% from three. And not a goddamn person wants to talk about Kevin Durant. The problem, though, of course, is you just can't put that much load on his little legs. Eventually, snap. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when his body breaks down. Ankle issues, foot issues, Achilles issues, calf issues, knee issues. All of those are injuries Kevin Durant has already had. Here's what else is going wrong with the Suns if you wanted more. The defense, not good. Not consistently good enough whatsoever. They rank 14th in defensive rating. And that sounds probably better than it actually is. It doesn't tell the whole story either. While they do block a bunch of shots, that's a testament really to how unafraid teams are of going to the rim against them. You know why? Because Yusuf Nurkic fucking sucks. He is terrible. Absolutely horrible in the paint. I know this as a Blazer fan. Enjoy him. Enjoy him. Great fit. Great culture guy. Can't protect the rim for shit. Offsetting that is that only three teams get more shots blocked than the Suns do. Yikes! Uh, Another important stat is that the Suns are 20th in steals per game, which means not a lot of opportunities for free baskets for our guys. 
Secondly, they turn the ball over way too much, allowing a lot of steals. 16.8 turnovers per game. That is third worst in the NBA. Killing them in transition. So many easy buckets. Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, KD, Nurkic, none of them are fast. Let's be real. None of them are getting back into transition. And they lack a true point guard. I would be happy with campaign if I was them. And now, you know what's happening? We've got Kevin Durant being like, hey, Alex Cruz is one hell of a talent. He's not just a role player. He'd fit on any team. You know? That's how it's going. Also, they should probably get like a Tyus Jones. They are... 27th in the league at assist-to-turnover ratio, which is where they probably miss Chris Paul the most. Finally, there's so many things wrong. It's like a laundry list. It's a CVS receipt list of how many things are wrong with the Phoenix Suns. They are so bad in the fourth quarter. They are fucking terrible. How bad? They're worse than the NBA. They are worse than the Knicks. They are worse than the Warriors. They are worse. They are worse in the. They're worse than the Blazers. They are worse than the Pistons. They are near the bottom. Phoenix has been outscored by an average of six point one points in the fourth quarter this season, and they rank at or near the bottom in nearly every way that you can measure it. Defensively, offensively, it's just bad. They have no one that they can reliably go to in the fourth quarter to set the offense up and get a bucket. Here's what uh, Kevin Hicks from Sports Illustrated said. He hit the nail on the head. The new look sons are way too undisciplined with the basketball for the relative amount of talent and basketball IQ the roster possesses. Far too many lazy reads, possessions with little off-ball movement, and far too many good opportunities that do not get converted. In their last game against the OKC Thunder, they entered the fourth quarter up 86-80. What do you think happened? The only Suns to score a bucket in the entire fourth quarter were Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, and the Suns got outscored 31-13 and lost by 12 to the OKC Thunder. This is not a bug. This is a feature. This is not an anomaly. It's a pattern. On October 26th, the Lakers outscored the Suns 28-11 to in the last 12 minutes. The Lakers aren't so great in fourth quarters either, baby. And then on October 31st, Wemby and the Spurs outscored them in the fourth quarter, 33-19. to Their fourth quarter scoring is abysmal, boy. Both games, the Suns lost. Frank Vogel, oh, man, I've got things to say about Frank Vogel, just not today. He's preaching patience. When isn't he? When isn't he? He's got a five-year deal, and I get it. But didn't we hear this for nearly two goddamn years in Brooklyn? Just wait. It's got to gel. Everything's got to come together. I don't wanna wait we waited and we waited and we waited in brooklyn and guess what guess what guess what it never fucking happened and then we have one star ask out we have another star ask out we have another star ask out and now it's bad times in brooklyn brooklyn got exactly 16 games where harden Kyrie, and katie played at the same time i hope history is not repeating itself in phoenix but i suspect it just might be ebay motors is here for the ride Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's move on. You're hot, then y'all go. The next thing you... Who is hot and who is cold? Your weekly barometer about who's cooking and who is freezing. What I really want to talk about today, in terms of who's cold. Ah, it's cold! Clay Thompson. But it's not just Clay, is it? Isn't it? No, it's not. It's the entire Golden State Warriors organization minus Steph Curry. Let's start with an alarming statement, shall we? Steph Curry has led the Warriors in scoring every single game this year. And that in itself, not so bad at all. Very frightening is that Golden State is six and five and not a single player. Not one on this team has put up over 20 points, except for Steph. We have an entire team filled with straight brick shows, just guys who cannot put the ball in the hoop. Let's break it down. Clay Thompson, he's having a rough year, as we know. Rough start to the season. Averaging 16-4-2 on 43% from the field and 35% from three, which is down 7% from last year. His turnover rate is up 10% over last year as well. Andrew Wiggins has been worse, so much worse. 11-4-1 on 41% and an incredible 15% from three. This is Minnesota Timberwolves Wiggins. He is back and he is wet. Keep in mind, he shot 40% from the three last season. It is so bad, he is now shooting over 30% less threes a game because he don't trust himself. He knows he ain't got it like that. Chris Paul, 8-4-7, and seven, 37% from the field, and 16% from three. Golly! The list goes on. The young kids, you know, two timelines. Kaminga and Moody. Kaminga, 38% from the field. 18% from three. Moody, 44% from the field, 34% from three. It's bad in the Bay. It is bad. The only one that can buy a bucket is Chef. 
It is so bad that the team is floundering in ways it didn't even do last year when they flamed out early, which was the most disappointing season outside of the year that Steph Curry got injured in his career. But of course, Steve Kerr doesn't think it's a problem. In a recent presser, he said he's given zero thought to changing the starting lineup and that he's not worried in the least about Andrew Wiggins. Not worried about a guy shooting 15% from three? One thing that we've learned, of course, is that this team can be carried for huge stretches from Steph Curry. We know that. It's true. But we also know he can't win it all by himself. This might be the season that we finally admit that the Warriors have failed Steph by trying to shoehorn this little two-timeline approach when they should have been investing in win-now players. Win-now players to surround Steph Curry with. What could they have gotten with the number two pick? which ended up as Wiseman. Probably something good. What could they have gotten? 7-13 pick that became Moody and Kaminga. Maybe not superstars. Something, something. I promise you something. Winning players would have made the chances of Steph getting another ring much, much higher. Bob Myers is gone, but his legacy lives on. And in this case, that legacy might be that Steph's 2022 championship run is his last. All right. Let's go on to who's setting the association on fire, folks. Could have been talking about the Miami Heat. Oh, boy. Yeah, they've won six in a row. The winning streak, coincidentally, has come after Tyler Hero has been injured, which I find to be tremendous. Just delicious shit. Just delicious. I will refrain from saying anything petty. And even Heat people know it's kind of a bad uh, coincidence. Bad dink. We could talk about Aunt Edwards again which uh, we obviously could have done, but we didn't because we did this last week, of course. No one forgot that. No, this week it's Tyrese Maxey, and my Lord, he cannot be stopped. I'm not talking about the 50-piece either on 20 of 32 shooting that he just dropped on the Pacers' dome piece. I'm not talking about his 25-point performance against the Pacers the next game. I'm talking about the season as a whole, and Tyrese Maxey has been so on fire because now that the Sixers have finally superfunded their organization, he is what we call superfund, meaning, you know, cleaned up the bullshit, Chernobyl fish. My man, Tyrese Maxey, is the epitome of someone born in radioactive waters in the Ben Simmons era when that shit got super duper toxic. And they were like, okay, Tyrese Maxey's temporarily the point guard for now. And then you've been handed to a glorified center who is afraid to shoot. Then you come of age in the age of chaos in the James Harden era, where you got to watch Harden run 100 pick and rolls for Embiid a game, playing the off-ball decoy, watching James Harden say, the ball just never came back to me. Just watching the preseason and the training camp and the beginning of the season when James Harden wasn't with the team and was with the team. Is he coming? Is he going? Just waiting for that saga to end. And now that it's all clear, my little Chernobyl fish, Tyrese Maxey, born in the toxic wasteland that was the Philadelphia 76ers with two point guards that you just cannot fucking stand. He now has clear waters, and they would not trade him for a reason. And now we are learning exactly why the Sixers considered him to be untouchable. He is incredible. He is a top five point guard in this league right now. It's Right now, it's Ant Edwards. It's Luka Doncic. 
It's Steph and it's Tyrese Maxey. Over Dame. Over Dame. How good has he been? He's averaging 28 points, five rebounds, seven assists on 51% shooting, 43% from three. God damn. He's shooting like nine of them a game. 93% from the free throw line. That shooting split is fucking stupid. That's delightful to see. If you are Nick Nurse, you're like, why? Why didn't I have this? He has a seven to one assist to turnover ratio, which is among the best in the league. His effective field goal percentage is 59%. And Philadelphia is loving it. Tyrese Maxey, here's another little thing that makes him hot, hot, hot. I actually like the Sixers now. Yeah, he makes this team likable. He does. Him alone, his little playful, uh, naivete spirit. He's like fresh snow out there, just enjoying life, putting up 50. And they are humming. Has everything to do with the fact that they not only remove the toxicity from the locker room, but because Tyrese Maxey is insanely likable, magnetic, a leader that everyone gravitates around. And if Embiid stays healthy, watch the fuck out. Moving on. What the fuck are the Washington Wizards doing? What are, actually, what the fuck are the Washington Wizards? They had the most wizardry game I've ever seen the other night in the history of wizarding. And that's, as part of the course, we know it's a bad team. So here's what happened. Two nights ago, three nights ago, Monday night, the Wizards took the Raptors to the woodshed, blew their doors off, looked Like, they are defensively figuring things out. Tyus Jones looked good. Kuzma was a scoring machine. The problem was, it was only for three and a half quarters. And you can probably tell where this is going, right? So let me set the stage. Five minutes, 47 seconds left. Wizards, who had a 20-point lead at one point, are up 12. ESPN, which we know we can't trust, says they have a 98.5% chance of winning. Kuz misses the second free throw. After making his first. And you know what? That will be the last point that the Washington Wizards score all night. Oh, my God. That's it. Could you imagine betting on the Wizards for over their team total and they're one point away? They don't score for another six minutes? Like, like the game is over till the next game? Here's what it is. The Raptors rebound Kuzma's miss. Siakam scores on the other end to make it Wizards 107 Raptors 97. Wizards take possession. 534 left. So let's take a look at the final 12 Wizards possessions to really highlight the sort of wizardry fuckery that is them. All right. 523, turnover. Landry Shamet, offensive foul. 448, block shot off Danny Abdija's hook shot. Jordan Poole, driving hook, blocked at 418. 338, Jordan Poole, offensive foul, turnover. 303, Kyle Kuzma, finger roll layup, miss. 241, Jordan Poole, driving finger roll again, miss. Stop with the finger rolls. Tyus Jones at 203, driving finger roll layup, miss. 140, Tyus Jones, 24-foot three-pointer, miss. Bad pass by Denny Abdia at 56 seconds. 30 seconds left, Jordan Poole, eight-foot driving floater, miss. Then this one is incredible. They, Kyle Kuzma's standing out of bounds on the inbound. They pass it to him, immediate turnover, and then with one second left, another Kyle Kuzma miscue bad pass. Final score, 
Raptors 111, Wizards 107. And the Raptors did not hit a single three-point shot in that in those closing moments. This is the microcosm of the Washington Wizards. The Wizards played an entire possession down a man earlier in the game because Kuzma, why? Kuzma's complaining. He's on the other side just to, doing his thing instead of playing defense. Seven seconds left down. He took the inbounds pass out of bounds. Jordan Poole fucking stinks right now. 14 points, six for 16 shooting, five fouls, four turnovers. In crunch time, Jordan Poole had his shot blocked, committed offensive foul, missed two shots within eight feet of the rim. My boy, that's not a bucket getter, and that's not your team. And something went viral. Oh, my God, it went so viral when he was in the timeout huddle. He wasn't paying attention. He was like, yo, I got this. He leaves the huddle, comes back to the huddle. Maybe I should figure out what's going on. Not surprisingly, Mark Stein dropped a bombshell that said Jordan Poole on the trade block. Oh, shit. This is what Stein wrote. Did the Washington Wizards trade for Jordan Poole to try to rebuild his trade value to move him in a future trade or to make him a cornerstone player of their post-Bradley Beal future? My sense, from speaking to various league observers, is more believe that it is the former rather than the latter with Poole in year one of a four-year, $123 million contract. You know what team could use a wing that could hit a three? Team that maybe had him once before. Team that struggling to get buckets. Golden State? I don't know. Just saying. I don't know. 41% from the, He's actually, no. I changed my mind. That's terrible. He's been so bad. He might get to Golden State and get even worse. The man's three-point shot is just terrible. Blow up Jordan Poole and send that boy to the moon along with Kyle Kuzma. And I say it again. What the fuck are the Washington Wizards doing? Let's move forward. Some news around the league real quick. Can I interest you in some Netflix basketball? Oh, yes. Tuesday, Netflix unveiled its first live sporting event called the Netflix Cup, a mishmash of Formula One and PGA. Turns out Netflix has its sights on the NBA's IST and season tournament. According to the Sports Business Journal, Netflix has shown some interest in acquiring rights to the broadcast in season tournament and then wants to build a docuseries like the wildly popular F1 and the Tour de France series. Netflix, of course, won't be able to bid on this until April, so this is for next season. But yes, Netflix is getting serious about the IST. Kind of love it. I kind of love it because here's the thing. You're going to need to go behind the scenes. That Tour de France docuseries, fucking lit. They're like, hey, uh, you're going to be the Aaron boy in this, ver- this like round of the Tour de France. He's like, actually, no. I think I'm going to try to win this myself. And everybody's like, what? Yeah, I can't wait for the Rudy Gobert, IST, uh, straight up chokehold, and us have to figure out in the locker room what was going on. Steve Kerr is going to have to really like give us some behind the scenes footage because brand like I got just very much also see Cam Thomas being followed around Brandon Miller building a show around these personalities that we will love and that we will hate moving on everyone and their mother has heard Mavericks announcer Brian Demarez's epic two-minute rant taking down James Harden it went very viral it was what everyone was talking about everyone sort of seemed to love it except for Bally Sports Southwest who decided to pull down the video clip because it went against the company's values. Isn't this the same company that went dark for an entire week 
and wasn't able to broadcast the games, like the one critical component of being a broadcast partner, and this is what you say is against the company's values. How about what is against company's values is like not actually putting the games out for the fans. Are you serious? Is this the same company, by the way, that's going bankrupt and then like offered their fans vouchers because for seven days the app was down? I'm sure the Clippers were very mad. They were probably like, hey, Bally, your broadcast partner, do not allow your guy Brian Damaris to be outside of his lane talking shit about our new point guard. We can't have all that. We know everybody already hates James Harden. Tyrese Halliburton, also in the news, he is just shooting the leather off the ball. But he also got profiled by the ringer full of gems. How good is Halliburton? Miles Turner, who was on the trade block before Hallie got there, they hated, hated Miles Turner in Indiana. And now somehow they love him. He said this about Hallie. We were playing at the time with some of our G League centers, and some guys were trying to earn minutes and stuff like that, and they were finishing with 20 and 10. Oh, my God, 20 and 10. These dudes that hardly know what direction to run, and Halliburton makes them look like starters. No wonder Jalen Smith is getting minutes. What does that say also about, like, where we're at on Jairus Walker? How come he can't get any playing time? My favorite thing from the Ringer article was this tidbit. It had never really occurred to Halliburton to slow down. He was taught that the game is an open floor, and he learned to read it with the help of a PlayStation. Honestly, a lot of my hoop knowledge is knowing how to play coming from video games. When you're playing 2K and you're on that camera angle where you can see everything ahead of you, that's how I think sometimes. That's, that's ridiculous. Tyrese Halliburton single-handedly giving every video gamer on earth a common dub, being like, yo, if you play 2K, your basketball IQ, through the roof. He's not the only one who said the same thing. Jaron Jackson said, I feel like I get my shot block timing from 2K, and I'm being serious. When I was first in the league, I was swiping a lot. They get by you in 2K. You figure out the timing when you're going to block shots. Video games, very important key pieces for film study for NBA players. Finally, Lemon Pepper Lou, uh, our man Lou Williams, sixth man of the year, God, retired this year after a long and successful NBA career, and he's now making the rounds saying crazy-ass shit. The latest. Did you know that Trey Young had a podcast? Because I didn't. He went on Trey Young's podcast and said this. We started to hear the rumblings that nobody is going to respect this chip. So we just kind of took our foot off the gas. He is referencing the three and one lead that the Clippers blew to the Nuggets in the second round of the bubble. Remember the bubble? That was where Lemon Pepper Lou got his nickname, Lemon Pepper Lou, because he went to Magic City for the wings during a pandemic when they were not supposed to leave the property. Uh, you know who will not love hearing this? Kawhi and Paul George, who now are going to be having to field questions. That is all the news for this week. We will see you on Monday. That's all the time that we have for this episode. Come back for an all-new episode and check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes, which drop unexpectedly like the fall leaves in a gentle breeze. Do not forget to follow the heat check all season long. That means download, subscribe, tell your friends. Even your Uber driver who will not turn around so you don't have to cross a busy street. Follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.